On this edition of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast, the champions, Madison Willen and Clayton Keyes, join us to talk about their respective athletic endeavors leading the championships. Welcome to episode 38 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. It's been a spring to remember for many young athletes in our province, and so much so, a couple of them have come away as champions. We'll start this episode off on a bit of a different path, though. It was about a year ago we debuted Madison and the Multisport Dream on albertadugoutstories.com. It was about Edmonton's Madison Willen, and not only her accomplishments on the diamond with Baseball Canada, but also on the ice with the St. Albert Slash. At the time, they had won their second straight ESSO Cup, the National Female Midget Hockey Championship. Well, she and her teammates did it again, making ESSO Cup history as the first three-peat champion. Willen was the team's captain this time around and picked up a couple of assists in the final. After some well-deserved time off, we connected again to chat about her latest feats and also about what's to come this summer, which includes a trip to Florida for the 2019 Girls Baseball Breakthrough Series. Madison, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Yes, thank you so much. How does it feel to be on cloud nine, or have you even descended off of cloud nine yet after what has been uh, an incredible year, frankly, uh, the last few years? Uh, I mean, it's incredible. Uh, there's only four other girls that can say they've won three national championships in a row. And, uh, I mean, those four girls are my best friends, too. I mean, it's unbelievable what we've accomplished for hockey uh, the past three years. Uh, it's never been done before. No team has even won it twice. And to do it three consecutive years in a row um, is pretty special. This is the first year where you were wearing a C. You had an A the first couple of years. Is it extra special for you to be able to have that letter on the front of your jersey and take home a national championship as well? Well, yeah, it's a huge honor, especially to be named captain in your third year. And uh, to be that person that everyone can look up to and rely on in special and key moments. So, yeah, it did mean a lot, and especially to go out uh, winning a third national championship in my last year of midget hockey um, is incredible. And our team, I can't say enough about our team. Uh, in all three years, we we just find a way and we never give up and we just find a way to get it done. That was one thing that I noticed right off the bat because you guys had your struggles going into SO Cup. You had a couple of losses in there, and there was that, I think you were 500 at one point or uh, fairly later on. And so you managed to come together, really, though, at the right time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, our, our biggest mentality as a team was to never give up and to always persevere. And we carried that through with us, even in the toughest moments. And uh, we just know how to get it done. I know this is a baseball podcast, so I want to get into the baseball side as well. It's been an incredible journey for you as well on that front, getting a chance to uh, put the, your Canada or your country's uh, emblem on the front of your jersey again this year. Talk about uh, what 2018 in the summer and even into the fall meant to you and, and your development as a baseball player. Well, it's an incredible honor to be named to Team Canada um, the past year to play in the World Cup in Florida. Um, it was a long 17 days. We had training camp before, and we played some exhibition games. And um, 
there's a lot of older players and I was one of the youngest on the team and just to be able to get a chance to learn and grow from the older players and to see what they do in certain situations and just to have them to guide me throughout the big moments because you're on an international stage and it's a lot different than just playing a regular game outside and uh, yeah it was awesome to have them guide me um, and to learn a lot from as well. What did you learn about your baseball abilities as you suited up for Canada? Um, well, I just got to remember it's just it's just another game and to not um, think of it as a pressure situation. You know, it's still the same ground balls that you're getting. You're still facing off against a pitcher. You're still trying to get a hit, right? And um, just to break it down and to not overwhelm yourself in the situation and just if you're hitting at the plate, just try to make contact and try to get yourself on base and to not overthink it is the key. Were you surprised at all that you managed to uh, to get onto that team? What was the, what was the, and what was it like even beyond that is it being able to uh, to take part in that competition and to be able to uh, play up to that same level as some of the the greats in this country? Well, I had a, a really good national uh, tournament when I played with Team Alberta. And I was named the top defensive player in the tournament. So I knew I had a pretty good chance going into it. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was just an unreal experience. And um, to learn from the older players and to just uh, watch how they how they do in certain situations. I mean, um, I can't say enough about how thankful I am to be able to watch them and learn from them. One of those is uh, another Alberta player who announced her retirement back in December, and that's Nicole Lachansky. And uh, when we talked last year about your your multi-sport aspirations, she was a name that came to your mind uh, right off the bat. What is Nicole's game and what is her, uh, Nicole as a person, meant to you in your development in baseball and in life? Well, she's been huge. Uh, the past two years, uh, we've been working out together. We've been practicing together. We've played on the same uh, house league team leading up to nationals with Team Alberta, and I, I was with her almost every day the past two years, and I can't say enough about her work ethic. I mean, I learned a lot from her, especially in that area, and just all the time she puts into baseball and with working out on the side and the recovery and the nutrition, um, she really goes all in for it, and uh, that's something I've definitely learned from her, and I will continue to carry with me. Who else have you said? Who else would you say has been integral in your development as a as a baseball player? Um, I think Nicole has been probably the biggest for me. I mean, we have a lot of similar characteristics. We grew up in the same area. We played for the same team. We're of the same stature, roughly. She's a little bit taller. Um, and I, it's hard to say if anyone else, because I've been with her for the past two years, and she just plays such an integral role in my development and just learning from her. So I think she's probably the biggest one. Now, you're going between hockey and baseball constantly, and I'm sure that there's a little bit of overlap. The question becomes, how do you manage to manage all of your time and make sure that you are getting to not only the sports that you've excelled in, but also you know, school and the other aspects of life that, uh, that a young, young person does get to go through? Uh, well, I have a schedule set up in my room, and uh, I have to write down everything that I'm doing and I have to manage it that way. I have to see it out on paper. I have to see it out in front of me. And 
you know, it's tough. It's not easy to be a dual sport athlete and have that overlap. But uh, throughout the years, I've learned to manage it and to set my priorities first. And that's a huge thing. I know another person who does the same thing is Kelsey Lowler, who she plays baseball and basketball at the university level. So does that give you, as you're heading into the university years, uh, a bit of a uh, thumbs up in terms of being able to maybe go and approach both of these sports going forward? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I watch, I've played with Kelsey the past couple years too, and just watching her grow as more of a leader now that we have Nicole retiring and uh, she's going to be a big part of our Team Alberta and Team Canada program going uh, throughout the years now. And yeah, just watching her and seeing how she's been so success- successful playing basketball and playing baseball It gives me confidence going into the University of Alberta next year in their hockey program. So a question becomes, how do you manage to get a social life in amongst everything else you've got going on? Because I know the last time we talked, you said, hey, you like playing soccer. You like playing badminton and tennis. There's a a few other sports besides the two big ones as well that you enjoy. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely difficult. But um, I do have some downtime once in a while. And when I do, um, I like to hang out with friends and Usually when I do, we play some sort of sport, so it's never just uh, turning on the TV. It's more being active because that's something that I like to do. When you look ahead to the summer coming up here, what are you looking forward to doing? What are you hoping to accomplish uh, on the baseball field? Uh, Well, this year I actually got invited to the 2019 MLB and USA Baseball Breakthrough Series. That's in uh, Jackie Robinson Training Complex in Vero Beach, Florida. Wow. So this is a relatively new program. It just started. The first one was in February, and they have this one in June. So it's a five-day development camp featuring the 64 best amateur baseball players. And I was fortunate enough to be invited to this in June. And so I'm really looking forward to that, and as well as playing in the national tournament with Team Alberta and then hopefully getting a spot on Team Canada once again to play in the qualifier in Mexico in August. Just a jam-packed schedule. And so what What do you, do you hope to, I, I know you're a bit of a utility player, and so you're able to play a bunch of different positions. Have you owned in on one yet, or do you have aspirations for one that you'd like to, to focus in on? Um, well, I think uh, a big part of why I made Team Canada is that I'm very adaptable, and I can play multiple positions. And, I mean, infield is my strength. I can play second, short, or third. I feel comfortable in all three of those positions, and I can also pitch. So I wouldn't say that I prefer one over the other because I honestly love playing all of them. I know you were lauded last year, and we talked a little bit about that out-of-field home run that you managed to clobber. What have you been working on to make sure that that's not the last one you hit? (laughs) Well, I mean, that was a very special moment. Um, Hopefully it won't be my last, but I'm not trying to go in the box and trying to hit over the fence I'm just trying to get on base and keep it simple and uh, try to win for my team who do you credit for your ability to be disciplined and to be able to be um, at the being able to be on top of everything that you need to be on top of well I definitely give a large credit to my parents I mean (laughs) they raised me to be disciplined and to always work hard in everything you do and they've really helped me set a schedule and set my priorities straight, especially when baseball and hockey started to overlap the last couple of years. Um, so I give a large credit to them.
I know you're still young, but you've certainly made an impression, not in every level, in every sport that you've played in thus far on the national level. I'm curious, would you have any advice for young athletes who are looking at you wondering if they can do more than one sport? Uh, Well, definitely, I would say if you're, that's a tough one, but I would definitely say to younger athletes to play more than one sport because specialization at an early age, it's it's never a good thing in my opinion and you should play two sports as long as you can and for me I will always try to play hockey and baseball I never want to choose one and if you can manage your time and you're willing to put in the effort for both of them I think that's something that you should do. Madison again congratulations on the third straight SO Cup also congratulations on everything that you've accomplished with Baseball Canada thank you so much again for joining us on the podcast. Yes thank you so much for having me. Back on episode 18 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast, we met up with Calgary's Clayton Keys. He was putting together a great season with Central Arizona College. The Dogs Academy grad finished the year hitting 310 with seven home runs and 39 RBIs, while his team went on to a memorable run of its own, capped off by an epic 13-8 win over Iowa Western to claim the JUCO World Series in Grand Junction, Colorado. We caught up with Keys earlier this week to talk about the whirlwind he's been on, the championship, and what's in store for the summer and fall. Clayton, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Hey, the last time we talked, you were dreaming about the opportunity of winning a championship, and here you are actually getting to talk about it. Walk us through the last few weeks, and I, I would imagine it's been a bit of a, uh, an emotional roller coaster for you in terms of trying to uh, win out every single game to make sure that you guys come away as champions. Yeah, I mean, um, starting back from uh, the end of the regular season, um, we had to win seven games in a row to even make playoffs. And um, when our coach told us that, um, basically everyone was just like, well, might as well do it. Let's let's get it done. And we ended up winning those seven games in a row. Um, we were the fourth seed in the playoffs. Um, and I don't know, man, we just, we just battled as a team, stuck together, and we ended up making it to Grand Junction. And that experience in Grand Junction was like nothing else, man. It was crazy. The fans were awesome. Everything was just unbelievable. Was there a moment during the course of the season, maybe before that seven-game stretch there, was there a a key moment where everything kind of clicked for you guys? Was there that, I don't want to call it the TSN turning point, but was there that moment where everything kind of seemed to um, align for you guys? Um, Honestly, yeah, it started working out perfectly for us um, because we had had a tough time um, playing against uh, teams in our uh, conference. Uh, we had a tough time getting sweeps. Um, we'd always go one and one or get swept. Um, and then I think right when our coach basically told us we had to win seven games, that's when our pitchers just started shutting down offenses. Our hitters, we started putting up 15 runs a game. Like it was, it was crazy. I don't know. We just, I think when our team had our backs against the wall is when we played our best baseball. Was that to be expected out of you guys, or was there just that rallying cry of sorts that happened within the locker room? I mean, it's just it's funny how things sort of just hit and bang. You guys are are hitting on all cylinders. I don't I don't think so. I mean, I think everyone just changed their mindset into like we want to stick together as long as possible. We want to play with this group as long as possible. I mean, the connection we have with each other is is just like it's too good to let go, you know. So I think 
just the fact that we just wanted to be together for as long as possible was enough for us. Take us back to that final game. You're facing Iowa Western, and things certainly didn't start off well. I mean, you guys were down 7 nothing after the, the top yeah. of the first inning. I mean, there had to have been a few of you guys around the dugout going, what is happening here? Yeah, honestly, um, they yeah they got up to that lead, and I was in left field at this point, and I looked at my center fielder, Brandon Reback, and I was like, man, like, what like what is going on like and he's I mean we got back in the dugout after that bottom I mean after the top of the first and I don't I didn't really sense any like there was no pressure on us I mean there was like all the guys like we were so confident going into that game that when we got down seven nothing like literally nobody was worried we knew we knew that they had no pitching left because they had to play two nights before or two nights in a row before this game um, so we knew that if we just stuck to our game plan, we would we would be okay. Well, and talk about wild swing. I mean, within the next three innings, you guys go up 10-7, and you didn't really look yeah. back from that point. I mean, did it work to your favor almost in that, like you said, you, you almost go into it with a, hey, we've got nothing to lose attitude, and so it kind of takes a little bit of the pressure off almost, and you can start swinging the bat a little more freely. Yeah, yeah, I mean, um, like I said, our team plays our best baseball when our backs are against the wall. And when we got down 7 nothing, and then, honestly, after Hunter Jump hit that three-run bomb to make it 7-4, I knew we had the game. I was We were still down three, but I knew we were going to come back. I knew that nothing was going to stop us from winning this game. What does it mean to you being the, the Alberta kid, the Calgary kid, and, and I know you've gone through a, a few different ups and downs in your career to have a, a moment like that where, you know, you guys uh, put up a blank on them on the top of the top of the ninth there and clinch that victory? Oh, man, it's, it's unreal. Like I said, I'm still getting used to the feeling of it. Like, as I just said that, I got chills. So um, it's, it's an unbelievable feeling, man. It's it's hard to describe. I don't know. How cool is it to think about the idea of being national champions? Oh, man, I watch the video of our dog pile every single day. Two strikes. Here it comes. Swing and a miss. And the Vaqueros are your 2019 Juco World Series champions. Winning their third Juco World Series and their first since 2002. And there's the obligatory dog pile in front of the mound for Central Arizona as they come all the way back down by seven and claim the championship, winning 13 to eight. Haven't stopped watching it. It's, it's unbelievable, man. It's, I mean, at the beginning, literally the first day of fall practice, we, as a team, we came together and we were like, we're the best team in the country and we're going to show everyone that. What would you say was the key to it all outside of, you know, the, the resilience and that, but was there an aspect of your game that allowed this team to persevere and to make you guys even go into the season thinking, hey, we've got the capability of being a national champion? Um, I think it was just the fact that every guy on our team just had the confidence. Um, there was nobody, nobody on the team that didn't believe in us. Our coaches believed in us. Our fans believed in us. Um, basically, everyone on the team was like all for it, and I think that was the biggest part of it. 
Talk a little bit about what's next for you. I know you're back in Calgary now, but I assume you're going to be uh, jet-setting a little bit in the weeks and months ahead as you get ready for, uh, I presume, some sort of ball maybe in the fall or maybe even looking forward to next spring. Yeah, um, I'm just back in Calgary now. I'm going to relax for a couple weeks, um, head out to Toronto to get some training in for the rest of the summer, and then uh, I'll actually be attending Hope International University in the fall. Very cool. What brought you to that uh, particular school? Um, well, I was leaning towards the draft, but that didn't work out for me this year. Um, so as soon as the draft ended, um, well, actually going into the draft, I wasn't really committed to a school. Um, so that was kind of kind of a big worry for me. Um, and then when the draft ended and my name didn't get called, I had a bunch of schools just hit me up saying, hey, man, like we've got a spot for you, blah, 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 all that. And I think just me being in Arizona for the past two years, um, Hope International being in California, um, pretty close to Arizona. I just wanted to stay on the West Coast, stuff like that. Does it put a little bit of a fire in the belly after the draft goes by? You don't get your name called. And so does that make you a little more driven to make sure that next time around uh, you're not one of the forgotten faces? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm looking forward to proving a lot of people wrong next year. Awesome. That is great to hear. Final question for you. When you look back on the season that was and you look forward to what's to come now, what has you the most excited? Um, Honestly, just being able to play baseball again. Uh, Just being able to go out there, play the game that I've always loved since I was a kid. Um, Just getting another opportunity to keep playing the game. Fantastic stuff, Clayton. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. And again, congratulations on winning the national championship with Central Arizona College and all the best heading forward. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Big thanks to Madison and Clayton for being on the podcast this week. And as always, thanks to you for downloading and listening. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, or Google Play. Also, if you'd love to get your hands on some ADS swag, we have our new t-shirts up for sale on our website. All proceeds will be going towards our day-to-day costs, so any and all support is greatly appreciated. We'll be back with another episode next week. So until then, thanks again for listening and supporting Alberta Dugout Stories.